All right. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. I'm glad y'all are here. Thank you for coming if you're here in person, and uh, thank you for watching if you're tuning in online. If this is your first time watching, we just want to welcome you. Uh, and if you don't know my name, my name is Wade, and we're glad to have you. Let me go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer, and we'll get right into tonight's message. Father, I just thank you for another opportunity to get up here and share what you've laid on my heart. Father, I just pray that you'd open our hearts and minds to receive what it is you have for us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember these things, Lord, and not just remember them, but actually be obedient to them and uh, be able to produce the fruit in our lives that you want us to produce and be the witnesses for you that you want us to be. God, I just pray for everybody that's out of town traveling. I pray that you keep them safe and uh, bring them back safely, Lord. I pray for all the people that are at home sick and can't be here. I just pray for healing for them and comfort for them. And Lord, I pray for the ones that have lost loved ones this week and they're just going through some grief, God. I just pray that you would comfort them as well and uh, help them through that time and uh, help them to, to just get back to their lives. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Uh, well, if you were here last week, we talked about being obedient in little things. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we think things seem so small that they're not important and uh, they just don't seem like a big deal. And, uh, you know, things like that, we just tell ourselves, you know, it really don't matter if I do this or if I don't do this. It's not going to make a, a difference anyway. But when we allow ourselves to get into a mindset like that, you know, when we allow ourselves to be disobedient in the little things, and uh, the reason I say disobedient, if we talked about it last week, if we know it's right, wrong to do it, but we do it anyway, or if we know it's right and we don't do it, you know, the Bible calls that sin. So if we allow ourselves to be disobedient, even in the little things uh, that we don't consider important, the more we do that, we'll start allowing ourselves to be disobedient in bigger things and then in even bigger things until we wind up with the mindset of what's the use. You know, we talked about, uh, that's like Romans 12 and verse 2 in reverse. You know, that verse tells us to be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our, of our minds. And when we start doing that, we start being disobedient in smaller things, and then bigger things, and then bigger things. We're actually going from being renewed in our minds and slipping back in and being conformed to the world again that God has got us out of. So instead of having the mindset of what's the use, uh, you know, we need to do what that verse says and let God transform us by renewing our minds. You know, God has never said, what's the use? Uh, instead, God's Word says, isn't there a cause? You know, if it's in God's Word, it's in there for a reason. No matter how small it is, it does have a purpose. You know, God didn't put anything in His Word by mistake, and He didn't put anything in there that don't have a purpose to lead us and to guide us in the way that we should go. <clears throat> you know, we ended last week's message with an example, and uh, I'm sure you remember that. I ask you to think about what's the worst thing that you could possibly think of. Uh, not just the worst sin, but just worst things in the world. You know, we got sickness and wars and deaths and cancer and 
addiction running rampant and just all different kinds of things. But whatever the worst thing you can think of is, is it was a caused by disobedience to one little simple commandment. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. You know, that's a very simple commandment. And that was the title of last week's message, is don't eat that. You know, that's super simple. And... Uh, that just that just sounds super simple, and it sounds unimportant too. But every bad thing that you can think of that's ever happened from then until now was caused by disobedience to that really small, simple statement from God. You know, do not eat that. And uh, everything that's ever happened to you, bad thing that's ever happened to you, every bad thing that's ever happened to me or anybody else you know, you know, whether it was your fault or whether it was not your fault. It was caused by that one act of disobedience. You know, that's how sin entered into the world. In Romans 5, verses 12 through 14, that's what it's talking about. And it's talking about Adam. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed, for there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. You know, that verse says, even over them that had not sinned. So like I said, whether it's your fault or my fault or not, we're living in the consequences of Adam's sin, even to this day, Adam's sin. And, uh, you know, like when an unborn baby dies, is that God's fault? No, it's not God's fault. It's Adam's fault for disobeying that simple little command and bringing sin into the world. Uh, I told you last week, too, in closing, that every little act of disobedience, no matter how small it is, if we know it's right or wrong and we do it anyway, Willfully, that is disobedience to God, and that does bring just a little more sin into the world. When we give in to our Adamic nature and we willingly disobey the small things, uh, then we're doing the same thing that Adam did. We hear God's voice, we know what he said, but we rebel against him and say, I'm going to do what I want, and I'm not going to recognize your authority as my God, as my Creator, or as my Lord. And in doing that, like it says in verse 12, uh, we bring a little bit more sin, a little bit more death, a little more evil into the world. And when you really stop and think about it, that is staggering. I mean, that's a huge responsibility to think that I'm personally bringing sin into the world. You know, nobody likes to think that. I don't like to think that. You know, I don't like to think that me, myself, I'm responsible for bringing any sin or any death or any evil into the world. Uh, but every time I know what's right and I choose to do the wrong thing, like we read last week in James 4, verse 17, that's exactly what I'm doing. It says, Therefore to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. So every time I do that, I am bringing a little more sin into the world. 
you know, we like to point fingers and we like to talk about how bad the world is and how sinful the world is. Uh, you know, if we divide that word up, sinful, the world is full of sin. But it started with one man and one act of disobedience to one small statement. And uh, it got sinful or full of sin. The world got in the shape that it's in by billions of people over thousands of years bringing more and more and more of that into the world by, you know, acts of disobedience. Uh, one act of disobedience at a time. Uh, like Pastor Josh said Sunday, if you were here Sunday, lying to somebody is just as bad as a sin as murdering somebody. In God's eyes, sin is sin. It is a level playing field. Disobedience is disobedience. It don't matter what it is. And uh, like I said, I don't like to think that I have brought sin into the world, but I have. And so have you. We all have. And that is a hard thing to think about. But God's word says that that is the truth. Uh, but there is a positive side to this. And I'm sure, you know, some of you are thinking, man, I wish I would have just stayed home. <laughs> this guy's making me feel horrible about myself. But I'm, I'm talking to me, too. You know, we're all guilty of this. I'm talking to myself, too. And I'm not trying to make you feel horrible about anything. I'm trying to get your attention, and I think God's been trying to get my attention in the last couple of weeks. But there are two sides to this. You know, we read in Romans 5:12 how about one man sin entered into the world, but we don't have to partner with that man. We don't have to be obedient to our sin nature. If you remember the message I did uh, just a few weeks ago on fellowship, Fellowship actually means to partner with somebody. Uh, so we don't have to fellowship with Adam, or we don't have to partner with Adam. We can partner with Jesus, and we can fellowship with Jesus and actually do the reverse of what Adam has done. Uh, I love these verses if we keep reading in Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19. It says, yes, Adam's... One sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ, one act of righteousness, brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many be, will be made righteous. So it's not all negative. You know, if we... Flip the coin, the other side of it is salvation, it's righteousness, it's being made right with God. Jesus came to undo uh, the works of the devil, to undo what Adam has done. Uh, you might remember the message I did a while back on collateral damage. You know, every time we choose to do what's wrong instead of what's right, we cause collateral damage. But that works both ways too. Uh, you know, that verse says, because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. So we can have righteous collateral damage. You know, every time we obey God, we bring a little bit more of Jesus into this world. We bring a little bit more righteousness into this world. So we can either cause collateral damage or we can create righteousness with what we do. Uh, <clears throat> but because of what Jesus has done for us, you know, instead of partnering with Adam, we can partner with him. We can fellowship with him. You know, we can obey God, and like that verse says, 
we can lead many people to righteousness. Uh, Romans 6 and verse 23, this used to be a really popular verse a long time ago when I was just a kid. People had this on business cards, and, uh, you know, we'd hand them out all the time. I'd keep some in my van. I'd give them to people. But it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we can choose to just dismiss the small things and continue to be disobedient and bring more and more sin into the world. Or we can tell people about the gift of God. You know, we call it salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord and lead them to eternal life instead of eternal death. Uh, so we need, to, we need to stop complaining about sin in the world and start being a part of the solution for sin. And I believe that the church as a whole worldwide, has gotten into the mindset that sin cannot be defeated. You know, we've got to where we think that's just the way things are nowadays. You know, it was just as sinful in the days that Christ was walking the earth as it is today. Sin is not anything new. Uh, sin can be defeated. It's just not defeated the way the world thinks it's going to be defeated. You know, when, first, when Jesus first showed up, uh, they thought he was there as a conquering king to defeat Rome and set up his kingdom right there. But that's not God's plan. So we're looking at it all wrong. Sin has already been defeated. Jesus defeated sin on the cross. The strength of sin was death. You know, eternal death. That's what it said. We just read that in Genesis. If you disobey, if you eat from this tree, then you shall die. But Jesus came and he defeated sin on the cross. He defeated death. Uh, in Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 through 18, it says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. And that's Jesus talking. So Jesus overcame sin and death. He's already done these things. And we're just trying to fix wrong things. You know, when Adam brought sin into the world by disobedience, there were consequences to that. And uh, Genesis 3, verses 17, is one of those consequences. And uh, God said unto Adam, he said, Because you have hearkened unto the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. And uh, that's why life is so hard today. The world we live in is cursed. That's why we have to work so hard. That's why everything is such a fight. That's why women have trouble in childbirth. That's why everything is hard. Before sin, it wasn't like that. But we live... On a cursed earth. We live in a cursed world. So the. <clears throat> and I think the problem is. Like I said. We're trying to fix wrong things. You know. We're not trying to overcome sin. Or remove sin. We're trying to fix the world. And we can't fix the world. It has a curse from God on it. This world is cursed because of sin. And we can't fix something that God has cursed. You know. We don't have to add to it. We can add righteousness. And we can save people from it. But we can't fix this world. And that's why God is creating a new heaven and a new earth that has no curse and it has no sin. 
And we see that in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. You know, we can't fix this world. And it says all through Scripture that this world is going to be destroyed. You know, there's a few places in the New Testament where it talks about it's going to burn up with fervent heat. The earth, the elements, that's the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything in the earth. That's why I tell you all the time, you know, don't put your your faith in temporary things. Nothing here that you see is going to last. The only thing that is going to last are the souls of people. And there's only two places they can go. We can either go to heaven and be with Jesus, or we can be separated from God for all eternity. So, you know, no matter what we do, we cannot save it. And Satan wants to keep our focus on saving this world. You know, I don't know how many billions of dollars, how much time people spend on trying to save the planet. And uh, it's good that they're doing things to try to help people, but they're not going to save the planet. I mean, it's plain in Scripture. But that is how we overcome sin. Not by trying to save a world that's cursed, but by telling one person at a time about Jesus Christ. I don't know if you ever heard that story about the guy that was on the, the edge of the seashore and he was throwing starfish in. You know, there were millions of them on the, on the beach. And somebody came up to him and said, you're, you're wasting your time. There's no way you can make a difference in all these. And he just reached down and picked up another one and threw it in. And he said, I made a difference for that one. And uh, that's the way it is in the world. There's close to 9 billion people in the world. And very few of them truly know Jesus as their Savior. But we can save one at a time. That's how we overcome sin. We get people out of it. Bring them to Christ. And they can trade in their old nature for a new one. And they're saved for all eternity. Just like that starfish, you can make a difference for that one. They can be delivered from sin and death through faith in Him. So that's how we defeat sin, one person at a time, not by fixing the world. Uh, the book of Jude puts it this way. In Jude verses 22 and 23, it says, And some having compassion, making a difference. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment that's spotted by the flesh. You know, have compassion on people because they have the same problem that you and I have. We, we all inherited a sin nature from Adam. And if we don't tell them about Jesus or pull them out of the fire, like verse 23 just said there, then the end, they will die. Scripture tells us that. They will go to hell. There's no debate in that. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Everybody needs to be a Billy Graham and be a worldwide evangelist, but we are responsible for our own little world. You know, it starts with me first. I get to know Jesus, and then, you know, the people around me, my family, my friends, uh, people I do life with. I should, it should mean something to me that they know Jesus or they don't know Jesus. But we get so focused on this world in this life, that eternity is hardly ever even talked about. All we talk about is what we own, what we could own, how much money we have, how much money we don't have. Uh, like I said, eternity is hardly ever talked about. But our life here, you know, it really don't matter how good you have it here. You can live a life of luxury, or it don't matter how bad you have it here. 
you can be in torment and have a miserable life your whole life here on earth. But in the end, it don't matter which one you had. The same thing happens to both groups. In the end, we all die. Our bodies die. And uh, eventually, this life ends. And we either die with the nature that we're born with, that we got from Adam, that we inherited from him, or we get the nature uh, and we're doomed for eternity, or we've accepted God's free gift of eternal life. And we've surrendered our lives to Christ, truly surrendered our lives to Christ. <clears throat> and our old nature that we were born with is dead, and we've received our new nature. You know, we share the verses all the time out of Ephesians 2, where when we come to Christ, He quickens us. He gives us His Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes alive in us. Jesus calls that being born again. Uh, he told Nicodemus in his conversation with him, in John chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, Jesus answered, and he's talking to Nicodemus, and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's what he's telling Nicodemus. He was explaining to him, you're born with a sin nature because of what Adam did. And until you, unless you come to me, Jesus said, and surrender your life to me, and accept the gift that my Father has given you, then you cannot see the kingdom of God. But we're so rebellious because of that sin nature, we don't want to do that. But we must be born again. And like I said, God doesn't call everybody to be an evangelist like Billy Graham, but if somebody told you about Jesus and you've given your life to him, you should tell others about him too. You should want them to know that they have eternal life. And we've all got somebody in our life that we know does not know Jesus. And we need to tell them uh, the truth, that without him, they're headed for death. But in him, there is eternal life. Uh, and I'm sure as soon as I said that, somebody popped in your head. I've got people in my head right now that I know for a fact do not know Jesus as their Savior. But God is going to hold us accountable for that, especially if we've been saved. In Proverbs chapter 24 Verses 11 and 12, that's what it's talking about. It says, if you forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death, that's talking about dying without Christ, and those that are ready to be slain. If you say, behold, we knew it not, does not he that ponders the heart consider it? And he that keeps your soul, does not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? If you've got somebody on your heart and you know that they need Christ, and we don't tell them must be something wrong with the mic but yeah if we know somebody don't know Christ and we don't tell them about it then their blood is on our hands. That's exactly what it says in the book of Ezekiel. God knows if you know. And he does hold us accountable for not saying anything. You know, I, always, or I hear people talking all the time, you know, why is it so uncomfortable to tell somebody about Jesus? The reason it's so uncomfortable is because it's spiritual warfare. Uh, Satan don't want you to tell anybody about Jesus. He knows he is doomed. And uh, he wants you to be doomed too. He don't want anybody to be saved. He don't want anybody to have salvation. 
You know, John 10, 10 says he's, all he's out to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. He don't care about anybody. Uh, you know, God has already judged. He's made his judgment at the cross. And uh, like I keep telling you, we either have our new nature that comes from God or we're still in our Adamic nature. And uh, if we die in that state, then we are doomed. But if we have Christ, then we have eternal life. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verses 10 and 11, it's talking about God, talking about Jesus. It says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. God's judgment is that anybody who receives Christ shall be saved, and anybody who does not receive Christ will not be saved. So, you know, this world will try to confuse people, and it does confuse people about talking about life after death and what a great mystery that is, and they confuse people so much that they don't know what to do. You know, they don't know what the judgment is going to be, and it's all through the Gospels that God has already judged. We either have Christ or we don't at the end of this life. And, uh, you know, talking about life after death, the Bible doesn't talk about life after death. It talks about life or death. We choose one or the other. It's not something that we have to wait on. It's something that we can receive right now is eternal life. Uh, that's a choice that we make now. Romans 6.23, the verse we just read a minute ago, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It doesn't say the gift of God is life after death. It says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 5 that I was just talking about a minute ago, it says, and you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. When we receive Christ, we go from death to life. And our eternal life begins right then. And verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, he has quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. So we don't wait for eternal life. We receive that instantly when we surrender to Christ. Our old nature dies, and the Spirit of God comes alive inside of us. You know, our fleshly bodies, our mortal bodies will die. But the instant that happens... You know, our eyes open in the presence of the Lord. We've read that verse after verse about how Jesus has defeated death. Uh, you know, that's all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, from beginning to end. So if death could have, if death had us even for a split second, that would make God a liar, and God is not a liar. Uh, these bodies that we're in, they don't have anything to do with our eternal life. And neither do our homes, neither do our cars, or anything else that this world has to offer. Only faith in Christ. And I know it seems like I got a little bit off track before I started that, but I didn't. We started talking about being <coughs> obedient in little things, in simple things. And we talked about the devastation that one act of disobedience brought upon the whole world and upon mankind. 
when God said, don't eat that, and they ate it anyway. But we also talked about what one act of obedience did too. It saved all mankind, as many as that would choose Jesus, that would call upon Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life. Uh, Jesus gave us another simple command, and you and I have the power, the Bible says, to change eternity, to actually change what heaven itself looks like, to change what heaven, how it's going to be populated, who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. You know, Jane, or in the book of John, chapter 1, it says he gives us power to become the sons and daughters of God. So, you know, what we do with our lives, what we do with our mouths, what we share with other people actually changes what heaven's going to look like. And uh, <clears throat> Jesus is telling his disciples in uh, Matthew chapter 10, and if you're saved, you're a disciple too, but he's telling his disciples to go out two by two and share the gospel and tell people that there is forgiveness of sins and there is salvation and there is eternal life through faith in him. And he says in the last part of Matthew 10 and verse 8, he says, freely you have received, freely give. And he gives us that same command. If you're a disciple of Christ, you need to tell somebody what he's done for you and tell them that he'll do that exact same thing for them. You know, just like don't eat that. That is a simple command. Freely you have received, freely give. And uh, to me, that's just an amazing thought to think that heaven's going to be completely different because you told somebody something simple like Jesus loves you. But it really is that simple. You know, people don't know that. The world don't teach people that. Uh, but we think everybody knows that, and they don't. You know, Romans 10, 13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We share that almost every week, or we do share that every week at the end of every service. But verse 14 says, How are they going to call upon him if they've never heard of him? It says, How then shall they call upon him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher. So how are people going to hear about Jesus unless we tell them? The world's not going to tell them. You and I have to tell them. And I tell you all the time, if you've been saved, you are a preacher. And all that means is, uh, like I said a minute ago, all you got to do is tell somebody what Jesus has done for you and let them know he'll do the same thing for them. And let them know that this life is not all there is. You know, we're either going to heaven or hell. People don't know that anymore. You think they do. When I was going into jail and preaching in there, I was amazed. There were people in there that had never heard about Jesus. They didn't even know who Jesus was. And that just blew my mind. You know, we take for granted that everybody knows about Jesus. Everybody knows about the opportunity that God gives us to be saved, but they don't. Uh, that responsibility falls on me and you. So they're not going to know about Jesus unless we tell them about him. Uh, freely we have received, freely we are supposed to give, Jesus said. You know, that should excite us to think that something as simple as telling somebody about Jesus could save them from eternity in hell. I mean, that kind of makes you feel like a superhero to know that you go around saving lives. And that's really exactly what you're doing if you're telling people about Jesus. You're saving them from an eternal hell. 
You know, people don't need judged. We're all sinners. We're all guilty. Sin is sin is sin. We've all sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. So instead of uh, trying to figure out who's a sinner and who's not, quit wasting your time. Consider everybody a sinner and everybody in need of a Savior because that is the way it is. And if we look at people like that, we'll, we won't be trying to figure out what their sin is or whether or not they're guilty. We're all guilty. And we're either going to stand before him in our old sin nature that we inherited from Adam, or we're going to be stand before him redeemed in Christ. That should be our mindset, is trying to get people redeemed in Christ. You know, people need to know that. And Jesus has given us the command to tell them that. So just like Adam and Eve had a choice to obey God, we have a choice too. You know, we can fellowship, like we talked about a while ago, or partner with Adam, or we can fellowship with Christ and partner with him and tell others what he's done for them. You know, I know it's uncomfortable to share Jesus with somebody because it really is a spiritual warfare. But I hope you'll find the courage to do that. At least look at somebody and just tell them, Something simple, like I said, is Jesus loves you. That'll plant a seed in their heart, and they'll start wanting to know more about it. And uh, if you're calling yourself a Christian, actually live like one. Let the fruits of the Spirit come out of you, the love, the joy, the peace, the kindness, the gentleness, the meekness. And uh, people will notice a difference in you because you're not like the rest of the world. And, you know, like I keep saying, it's not our, our job to point out sin. We all have sin. It's our job to share the Savior and uh, do something about the sin problem. There is a, a solution to it. But it is uncomfortable to share Jesus because it is a spiritual warfare. <clears throat> but we should have compassion on him like we just read in June or in Jude and just tell him Jesus loves you. You know, it's a simple command like the one God gave Adam. But just like his choice changed mankind, your choice can change mankind too, and so can mine. If we go back to Romans chapter 5 and verse 19, it says, Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. One other person. I'm one other person. You're one other person. You're one other person. We're all one other person. And uh, that verse says many will be made righteous because one other person <coughs> obeyed God. Uh, so we can make a difference. The Bible says that. And if it says it in the Bible, I believe it. One person being obedient, one voice for God can lead many to righteousness and lead them out of darkness into light. It can lead them from death to life. And uh, like I said a while ago, I know all of us have somebody that comes to mind when we talk about somebody that does not know the Lord. And my prayer for all of us this week, myself included, is that we get out of our comfort zone and we'll fight through that uncomfortableness or fight through that fear and tell that person that we're thinking about that Jesus loves you and share the gospel with them. At least give them an opportunity to make it right. You know, we like to judge people and think maybe uh, even if I told them they wouldn't do nothing, we don't know that. We have no idea. Or maybe maybe uh, what's stopping you is not fear or uncomfortableness at all. 
maybe you've already judged that person in your heart and you don't consider them worthy to be told the gospel because you've got resentment for them in your heart. Maybe you just straight up hurt, hate that person. You know, I've had that in my heart before, and that's not from God. God says it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and be saved. And that should be our mindset too. Uh, so I pray that we'll all get over that mindset and realize that the only difference in them and the only in me is Jesus. You know, before Jesus, I probably wouldn't have liked me either. I know I wouldn't have liked me. But we got to quit seeing people as sinners and see people that need Christ. You know, just like we needed him, we needed to save. They need him too. You know, nobody saves yourself. And nobody got righteous on their own. We all need a Savior. And uh, everybody else needs one too. And uh, I hope these last couple of messages have helped you realize how important being obedient in small things is. You know, like I said a while ago, there are no small things in God's Word. There may be short sentences, but they're still very important things. You know, really, everything we do really does affect eternity and heaven itself. And if you just reach one, per one person for Christ, that verse right there says maybe that person uh, because of them, many more will be made righteous. And maybe one of those people, because of them, many more will be made righteous. So, you know, who knows how many are going to reach. If we think about it like that, it never ends. All it takes is one person being obedient, and many will be made righteous. And then one of them is compound interest, just like sin. Sin's running rampant. Salvation could, too, if we would just tell people about Jesus. Uh, but, like I always say, we can't share what we don't have. And I always like to give you an opportunity to, to give your heart to Jesus if you never have, whether you're watching online or whether you're here in person. If you've never given your, your heart and your life to Jesus, I invite you to do that right now. And it's really simple. Like I said, you don't have to wonder whether or not you're a sinner or not. It don't matter if you've ever done anything bad or not. We're born with a sin nature. And Jesus says in John 3, 3, that if we're not born again, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's really simple. All you got to do is cry out to God and say, God, I know I need a Savior. And he'll meet you right there where you're at. And uh, he will save you. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And verse 10 says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Uh, if this is the day that you're deciding to give your life to Christ, The Bible says to tell somebody about it. You know, call somebody or just however you do it. It says just confess it with your mouth. You know, tell somebody today is the day that I gave my life to Christ. And uh, that'll be the best thing you could ever do. And don't feel like you're too unworthy for God or you went too far and God can't help you or don't want you. Uh, Romans ten thirteen that we just read a minute ago says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And Romans 5, 8, 
says, God commended his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because of what Adam did, God knows we're all born with a sin nature. And that's his salvation plan. Uh, Christ left heaven for you because we were sinners. He knew we were born that way. He knew we were caught in a trap that we couldn't get ourselves out of. So that's why he came. That's why he died on the cross. And there's nothing that you've done that isn't just plain old sin. And all sin, Jesus said, will be forgiven. So all you got to do is not feel guilty about it. Just realize you need a Savior. You're no different than anybody else on the planet. Just cry out to God and say, I know I need a Savior. I surrender my life to you. Invite him in, and he will save you right where you're at. And then just do your very best to be obedient to him from then on. And the Holy Spirit will come alive inside you, and it will guide you and show you how to live your life, along with God's Word and along with other people. Uh, and if this is uh, your day of salvation and you need help and you don't know what to do, there's many people here at church that will help you and uh, talk with you and give you some guidance on that. You can either call us here at the church or just show up at the church and talk to us. Would anybody here, I'm sure, would be glad to talk to you. But I hope that helps you, and I hope that uh, helps you to see that obedience, even in the smallest things, is very important. But that's my message for tonight. Thank you all for coming out, and thank you for tuning in online. If you're watching online, let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. God, I just thank you again for helping me to be able to, to get up here and proclaim your word, Lord, and proclaim what you've laid on my heart this week. God, I pray for everybody that's here that you would help us to, to take a good look at our own lives, Lord, and uh, the things that are in them, the things that we're allowing that maybe shouldn't be there, the things that we know we should, should be doing that we're not doing, God. And I pray that you'll help us to see that those things do matter. And that not just for us, but for those around us, God. And they don't just matter here in this life. They could make an eternal difference for somebody. And uh, I pray that you help us to see how important that is. And I pray that you help us to make some adjustments in our life, Lord, to do some repenting if we have to, to come to you like your, your word says in 1 John 1, 9, God, if there's any sin in our lives, to confess it to you and let you forgive us and cleanse us from it so that we can be the people that we need to be, the disciples we need to be, Lord, the men and the women of God that we need to be to shine your light in this dark world and let people know that there is, there is hope, there is eternal life, and it's in you. God, we thank you for Romans 5, 8, that you did die for us because we were sinners. We thank you for salvation, and we thank you for loving us, and we love you too. And it's in Jesus Christ's holy name I do pray. Amen.